Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This week, we're going to be jumping back into early wipe stories. We've been in the game as much as we possibly can. We've had some crazy stories, we've had heartbreak, we've had everything in between, so we're going to dig back into that. But really quick, I want to jump into hideout keeping because we do have a few things to go over this week uh, from my perspective, and then Ronald's got a couple as well. And we do have lots of new people in the Discord, so a few reminders on that. Um, I just want to talk about LFG etiquette, looking for group etiquette. We have a bunch of channels dedicated to that. Some of them are locked with regards to how many people are in them. Some of them are open. And I guess I just wanted to say, just because a channel is open, it doesn't mean you should just bust in there and start talking. If a group is in the four-man channel and there's only three people in there, don't assume that they need or want a fourth. The best etiquette is to DM, ask, post in the LFG channel, I see people posting all the time and looking for group, and they get picked up. I see people squatted up all the time. So that's really it. Just try to use good etiquette when trying to get in a group. And just because there's a spot open in one doesn't necessarily mean that that group's going to want to bring somebody in. So just know that. Don't take it hard. Not every group wants to add an additional person. But oftentimes there's big groups forming, so don't be shy. Additionally, I just want to say there are no dumb questions please ask them. The general chat in the XP Media Discord under the Escape from Tarkov section, we have brand new players. We have extremely veteran players, and we have every single playstyle represented in the Discord. Not necessarily everybody chatting and talking, but I can guarantee you that every playstyle is represented and reading the comments that are going on. So even if a question feels dumb or you feel like someone's going to get after you for it, they may have a different opinion based on their play style. But if you've been reading the last few days, people have been giving insanely good suggestions to overcome some of the early obstacles, especially for some of the newer players in the Discord. So don't hesitate to ask. This game is hard. It's changing. It's in beta. They've updated tasks. They've updated requirements. It's okay. Ask questions. Don't feel bad about it. So. Another thing, and the last thing that I have before giving it over to Ronald, is we heard a little bit about this this week, and I really want to take a moment to clarify. There are often ambiguous terms applied to any set of games and gamers, and Tarkov is really no different. You've probably noticed, Ronald and I, when we're doing the show, that we've moved away as much as we can from terms like hardcore, casual, rat, chad, Because those can mean something different to everybody. And on the last episode, we talked about low playtime players versus high playtime players. And we talked about how this wipe may be unique or different in that regard 
with respect to those players' quote-unquote normal playing habits. So I want to take a second to define this because I think it's important. When we're talking about low versus high playtime, we specifically talk about this because it is not skill-related. We are not saying that a person with few total hours in the game should expect or should be able to compete with someone with a ton of total hours in the game. That said, I do think we could all agree that the fun, the mystique, the magic of Tarkov is once you're in a raid, anything can happen, whether it's your first raid or your 2000th raid. So back to the low versus high playtime. The example that I would give is simply that a player who has played since Tarkov launched, let's say they have 3,000 hours in the game, but four months ago they got a new job and they also had a baby. Now they only play on Friday nights for a couple hours. This would be a low playtime, high skill player with regards to how Ronald and I have been talking about that recently. But maybe at the beginning of this white, particularly because of the holidays, that low time played, high skill player was able to string together a massive chunk of playtime compared to their, again, normal play schedule at once per week. So I just want you to keep in mind that that's what we're talking about. Again, I just wanted to say, (laughs) sorry for the soapbox, but I think it's important to make the distinction between these high and low playtime on a normal week versus overall experience in the game, because some of the comments we've got back, Ronald and I generally both agree with, specifically... He and I both agree that there is zero replacement. There is no way to replace spending time in the game, spending time out of the game, learning about Tarkov to get better at it. That's why we made the podcast so that people that are listening or watching when they can't be playing can work on strategy. They can work on getting better at the game. So again, I just want to say sorry for any confusion that those terms caused, but that's the kind of lens that we're looking at the game through right now because of how unique this wipe was with regards to that. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction, you know, one that needed some explanation. Thanks for doing that, because we talk about these terms and they definitely can mean a lot to anyone listening to it. So it's really interesting because the low time, high skill player, it's really easy to think of that person as just not being good because in the moment of right now, they're not playing a bunch. And so as we talk about these kinds of things, you probably know people like that. Like for me personally, as I've gotten older, responsibilities get to be more and don't have as much gaming time as they had when you were younger, right? And so life just kind of happens. So that's really what we're talking about. And I think it's, you know, it's just a a reality of life that, you know, gamers go through. And it's interesting because we're kind of the first group of gamers to hit this age. And we've talked about this in the past too, how gaming was really normal now for like our age group and younger and so it's just interesting how all that's worked out but yep i definitely think it was worth putting some clarity into that topic so thanks for taking care of that but as always the best way to get a hold of me is in discord go ahead and send me a dm or tag me in a message in general chat or any other channels and i'll see that for sure we're always in discord hanging out talking with people and responding to dms and messages all day long so go ahead send me a message if you have something to say or question or whatever feedback on the show Uh, we definitely enjoy hearing it and we'll definitely react and we've changed things over the past year based on feedback so really appreciate everybody interacting with the show and being a part of it you can follow me on twitter at ronald gaming of course and a couple times a week i hang out in mtb triggers twitch stream And so love to hang out there and chat with people. 
in the afternoons mostly. Uh, if you're around, come stop by Twitch and say hi. Outside of that, if you have something more formal you'd like to get to the show, email us at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. That's the official business contact for the show. And support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use code EXFIL. That's code XFIL for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, the best in men's grooming hardware and product. 20% off and free shipping. Code EXFIL at checkout. Other ways you can support the show, share the show with a friend. I think today we had the most people invited to the Discord I've ever seen. And just wanted to say thank you for those that are sharing the Discord, sharing the podcast. It's the absolute best way that this reaches new eyes and new ears. So thank you. We also have Patreon for people that are looking to support directly financially. Uh, You can also go over to my Twitch and use your Prime Gaming. If you have an Amazon subscription already, you can use your free Twitch Prime sub and that helps us out as well. And lastly, follow our social media channels. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, we're on all kinds of podcast apps, but YouTube, we also have some additional content such as guides and other game content as well. So youtube.com forward slash XP Media now. And if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on Twitter and Twitch at MTB Trigger, and you can always find me in the Discord. So let's get into this, man. How was uh, your... It's not quite a full week since we recorded last, but how has the last most of a week gone in the new white for you, man? Oh, this game. This game. (laughs) I have gone from being at an absolute high of I could do anything, everything is awesome, to uh, I think I DM'd you or texted you or something and said, I'm uninstalling this game through my headset on my my desk, (laughs) to back to loving the game. It just... Tarkov is a roller coaster, man, and it it just is what it is, and it is a roller coaster, and I think that's why it's so addicting for all of us who really get stuck in playing it. So, the wipe, the wipe has been uh, very interesting for me personally. I have pushed harder than I have ever pushed to play Tarkov, and I don't have as much playtime as you know a lot of other people do, but I did have some playtime over. The holiday break, like a lot of other people did. So for me, pushing almost to level 20 by right now is a lot of playtime for me. And I haven't really been working on building up my ruble count. I've been playing mostly broke and pushing the hideout and just dying a lot because I'm building guns and I'm going at it. I'm much more of the aggressive style than the passive style that I played uh, last wipe. But Truthfully, I'm having a blast. I really am. Even in the lows, I still find myself ready to log back in again after a little bit of a break, which is terrible. The game's got me. It really does. So the last week has been specifically, we've had some success. I would say in general terms, I've had a lot more success tasking solo than I ever have before. And then we've done some stuff together, which has kind of pushed some of the harder tasks over the top. And there really are tasks in this game that you just you need to have another buddy to help you with. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just not very easy solo unless you're really on the top end of FPS players and you can really get it done. But even then, those people even have trouble with it. If you can't out-time the game and you have limited time to play, you know, it really helps to find a friend. And if you don't have any friends that are playing Tarkov, jump in the Discord and, you know, do the thing send messages to the people who are in looking for group and find some friends to play with because your whole experience will be at least you have someone to commiserate with if you die you can die together or you can have you know 
someone to celebrate victory with. And that was what I would say this past week was for us. Uh, we had a lot of raids that were good. And then we had a couple that were just downright crazy, which is just playing the averages, right? But yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm pushing tasks. And, you know, we've had a couple of interesting raids, which we'll get into in this show. But uh, I would say overall, I'm having a blast playing uh, much, much more aggressively. And I'm dying a lot more. However, I would say that the deaths are not as frustrating to me most of the time because I'm playing with purpose that's different than I used to play in the last wipe. I'm playing differently. I think it's okay to die in Tarkov if you're dying for a purpose. Like if you're dying because you're trying something new and you're getting better at something, I think that's okay. You, you can die in that scenario. It's not as bad as it's just dying because you're going to look for a flash drive, which that happened to me last week too. But that seems to me not like dying because you I want to get better at using long range shots and a suppressed gun or you just want to go and kill a bunch of scavs and you really don't care if you get out. It's about just getting better at targeting and all those kinds of things, you know. So I've had a lot of that kind of experience, which is a little bit all over the place, but that's kind of how my gameplay has been. It's been all over the place. My, it's just kind of been crazy. I have pushed past most of the customs tasks now, which I'm excited about, and pushed into the woods heavy tasks. And I don't have the shoreline tasks yet because I have not found an extra flash drive, which I can't believe I haven't found another flash drive yet, but just haven't found one. So I'm kind of in that in between um, getting Peacekeeper going. So, But overall, it's been good. How about you? Oh, man, I feel like... What you said was also true for me regarding the holiday time. The first week, because it was Christmas Eve and I've got family that lives very close, we had basically from the day before Christmas Eve for like five or six days, like completely scheduled out. And for those of you that don't know, I also am an Ohio State football fan and there was a big game on New Year's Day. We're now going to the championship. Let's go. O-H. I heard it, Io. Thanks, listeners. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, so anyway, a lot of a lot of planned stuff. But then following that, I actually had a last couple days to really, really get some time in. And I've been like really focused on two progression lines, one being the tasks and the other being hideout. And as far as hideout goes, I am now level 28 on the PMC, halfway to 29. I spent basically all of my scav time and any time I was on my PMC and tasking, just switching out loot for hideout usable barter items. And I got to the point where this morning or last night, my Bitcoin farm completed and then my scav case is in process. So that'll be up soon. But I really uh, went from like riding that high, like you said to spending a bunch of money getting the hideout going. And then I actually bought all 10 graphics cards for the Bitcoin farm. So I went from sitting on a cool, you know, three and a half, four million to uh, nothing because the first raid after I did that, I lost my expensive kit that I had been working hard upgrading. I had a nine win streak and just died. And it was just frustrating. So I went from the high to the low and I'm just, uh, now I'm just pushing towards level 30 because I have most of the barter items I need to basically get the next five or six upgrades in the hideout going the second I hit 30. And I think a lot of that's gated behind workbench and generator, but I have the items for both of those. Those will go the second I hit 30 and then we'll just, we'll keep working on the hideout. 
So that's kind of the the out game and the player progression. But as I was thinking back on like what happened this week, I've had so many crazy raids. You and I have had a bunch together, but I keep going back to this woods raid that I had on stream. And I was playing with J Mac, who I play with on most Mondays. And we're in the new area on woods. And we spawn in, and I'm still lost on the new area on woods. I think it's really neat. I love the little compounds. I love that there's new spawns out there. That real feeling of being in the woods and getting lost and trying to figure out where the heck am I, I think is actually great. But we're looting a building. I'm on the second story of it. He's on the bottom. And he's like, there's a guy right here running in. He's after me. And so I stopped looting the Kratom on, and he goes, I'm dead. This guy sprinted in hit him in the head, first shot, and the guy didn't even know I was there. So I jumped down, literally jump off this platform and kill this guy as he was CMSing because JMAC blacked something out. And I killed the guy really quick. So now I'm in a section of woods that I don't know. I have JMAC's gear ticket out, and then I loot a duffel bag in that building, and I have the last car battery that I need. So then I look on the map that's up on my other monitor, and I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here with a SKS, no scope... <laughs> Right, I've got a suppressor on it. But then I loot JMac, and he's got a DVL with a voodoo scope on it. And I'm like, so uh, what do you want me to do with this gun? <laughs> he's like, well, you can just throw it and get rid of it. And I'm like, do you mind if I run around with it and uh, use it to spot enemies, um, aka shoot at them if I come across them? And he's like, yeah, do whatever. Just try to ditch it if you get in trouble. And I'm like, awesome. Okay. So I end up going towards basically where the uh, rock passage extract is. I go down into the lumber camp and I'm working on tasks, but I end up getting sniped at. And I got sniped at by the violet key card spawn in the lumber camp as I was running into that hut. And I'm like, okay, well, the only places they could have shot at me from were from the rocks that were on the coastline, that sniper spot or the sniper rocks that are north of the lumber camp. And I didn't see him on the coast rocks, and I look right, and I spot this guy, and I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta move. So I start weaving in and out, and I run over to the cabins, basically towards that rock. And I'm like, oh, I have his DVL. And so I leave the first cabin, and I start backing up, just so the tip of the rock comes into view, and I just wait a second. And then I see this guy dancing around. He's moving all over. He's clearly a sniper because you can tell someone that snipes a lot because they move all over the place and then they'll stop, shoot, and then they'll start moving all over the place again. And I'm like, okay, this guy's going to find a target and he's going to take a shot. So three seconds later, he stops and I had aimed perfectly and I ended up shooting this guy, dropped him on the first shot, and I got a shooter born in heaven kill. <laughs> so I uh, I said to Jamek, I'm like, um... I didn't realize this DVL wasn't suppressed, <laughs> but I dropped the guy, made a ton of noise and ended up going back and I actually got out successfully. It was just a crazy situation where I actually ended up getting a bunch of tasks done. The wood situation kind of makes me want to talk about that, honestly, because I've been so focused on having a plan and getting a plan for my hideout or at least knowing what I need and then also having a list of the tasks I need done that even though my partner died, even though I was trying to get his gear out, even though I was trying to not lose my stuff in the process because it's woods and I didn't have a sniper rifle, having the tasks up over on my other monitor, I quickly pulled it up and I was like, wait, 
I'm right here. I'm going to run through the location. I need to go in this cabin. I need to go on the back of the truck and get the controller out of it. And after I killed that sniper up there, I actually had seen two because I saw a blue Untar helmet as well. And I didn't see that. I'm like, well, his buddy's going to be looting him. I can get the thing I need out of the cabin. I can get the thing out of the back of the truck and then I can get out. And you mentioned it too. You're like, I've had a goal. I've had a plan. I've had a progression track that I've been pushing. And had I not had that plan and not thought about it or had it quickly accessible, I was never going to go into my character screen and scroll through the tasks and figure out what I needed to do. But on my other monitor, it said Woods, and it had the trader, the task name, and basically what I needed to do. So I looked over and it was, uh, and I can't even remember what trader it was now, but it was the trader, the task, and it said cabin three under the bed. And then the other one was in front of the warehouse in the back of the truck in the box. So I looked over, quickly saw that, and I'm like, oh, I'm right here. I just killed this guy. I need to go do that. And it was great. And so taking the time to map out what I could possibly do on each map, not only let me communicate better with my teammate, but it also gave me a huge advantage in raid to have a quickly accessible like guide of what I'm going to try to accomplish if I get a chance to do it. And I truly believe that it led to that being like one of the most memorable woods raids I've ever had. Absolutely. The idea of having a plan is not a new one, I guess, for both of us in Tarkov, but I would say the detail at which we're going about it maybe is more thorough this time around. And I'll give you two examples from the past week pushing tasks on customs. The areas where you go into the uh, dorm rooms. So this is there's two tasks I'm thinking of. One is in the two-story dorm, one's in the three-story dorm. I did both of those tasks by myself, and I got in and out. And I'll tell you kind of how I planned on doing it. I had looked up both of them before I started the raid on the wiki, so I knew exactly where I was going had the keys ready to go that I needed for the doors. Also brought in money with me because I had planned on extracting with the vehicle extract right behind the dorms. So I went into the raid kind of thinking, this is my purpose for this raid. And I didn't get distracted with looting or going after PMC kills or or scav kills. I was ready to engage if I had to, but my goal was to get into the raid, make my way around sneaking by dorms and wait for the initial group of PMCs to kill each other or kill uh, whatever is going on in there, Rishala, if he was in there, and just wait for all the PvP to happen and try to get into the dorms with about 15 to 20 minutes left in the raid and go get my quest items and get out. And I did that. I did that two times. Honestly, that, you know, it took me a couple hours to do that because of the way that I did it. But I completed both of those quests the first time because I did it with purpose. And going in there, getting the quest item that I needed, getting out of the dorm and making it over to the vehicle extract and then leaving uh, was extremely successful. I also did them at night because uh, there's just less random PvP at night, it seems like at this point. And it was all done kind of as a plan. And so I think doing what you're doing and doing it the way that you're talking about it is absolutely kind of the way that, at least for me, I've had success pushing tasks and quests that I probably would have had a lot more trouble doing before on my own. Yeah, and I keep adapting the way that I'm doing this, right? And I think last week I talked a little bit about it. I had the piece of paper. The paper's done. I'm over the paper. It's done. And now I'm using Notepad just a skinny little notepad on like a fifth of my screen on my second monitor. And what I have on it, and I'm looking at it, is I have each map 
Again, it's the trader, the task, and the basics of what I need. So like right now on woods, I have a task for prepper. It's the shootout task, and I need to kill five more scabs for that one. I also have the search mission. I need to find prepper's convoy. On shoreline, I have therapist. I just truncated it to health two. I need to go into west 306 and the items on the windowsill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Below that, I have hideout. And I went through the wiki and I figured out the remaining hideout items that I need to finish out the hideout in its entirety. And so every time I find something and put it into my scab junk box, I just mark off how many I put in. So at this point, to finish the hideout entirely, including Bitcoin Farm 3, solar generator, booze generator, all of that, I need seven more power supplies, one more Shustrillo, one fire clean, five military cable, two SOCOM, two VPX, eight circuit, 35 CPU fans. You need so many CPU fans for the hideout. The price is going to go up on those. Get ready. Eight pressure gauges, four military power filters, and two phased array elements. And that's it. And then I'm done with the hideout. And that sounds like a lot, but I am nearing the end, actually. And since it's hideout, I can buy any of those that I haven't found as I get to the end. But if I'm in raid and I find one of those, I value those higher than something that I could sell because I can throw it in my scab junk box. I can hold it and I'm very close to the end of progression on hideout. And for me, that's really important because once that's done, basically any barter item I find, I can sell and just make money from it at that point unless I'm going to save it for a trade. So then the last thing on my spreadsheet is just find and raid quest items that I know are coming up or that I have active right now. So the big one that I have written down there is to find and raid graphics cards. So I'm crafting one of those right now, and then I'm hopeful to find another one within 48 hours when that craft is done. So that's what my little notepad is doing right now. And it's just super, there's nothing fancy about it. It's just a notepad. But having that available And like if I'm in a raid or in interchange and I find three motors and then there's a propane and a power supply unit, I can quick look and be like, oh, I need the power supply unit. Motor's gone. I'm done with motors. I have all that I need. Even though motors are really valuable, it may be worth me dropping that motor. Now, power supplies are worth a fortune right now, but you kind of get the gist. It's just super nice to have a quick check. Yep. I've been keeping my own list uh, for the particular phase of the game where I'm at and the hideout items that I need and the quests that I know that I can just log in and start doing, you know, so there are some specific go find this quest type things that I've been keeping lists of that as well. And it's interesting. I would say it's the evolution in the way we're playing the game. We started the show a year ago because we didn't know anything about Tarkov, really. We wanted to help people along the journey of learning the game. And We've gone along that journey, right? We've talked to all of you about that while we've done that. And now this wipe, we're really taking what we've learned along that first year of journey and putting it into now this reset of the game. So I think it's great. I've honestly, like I said, I'll go back to when I started. It has been an up and down. Tarkov is an all over the place experience, but it's great. So I wouldn't change it. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's like, I can think of as many good raids recently as I've had bad raids or just bad decisions that I've made or even things that I forgot, right? Like I've been super good about keeping items that are useful later, but I forgot about a couple, you know, like the half masks. I forgot about that. And as I came into that task, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to find seven of these or however many it is. And I have one. 
And the reason I have one is because I'm wearing it. Oh, it's not found in rate. I have zero. And so then I started collecting those. It's just things like that, that I think the more you play, the more you think about the items that seem like they're really easy to get, but it's because you see so many through the progression of playing that you then realize, oh, I should hold on to that. The cans of Shastrillo being one of them. They're a three slot item. You need five of them for your hideout. And you get to the requirement for Shastrillo later in the hideout progression. So finding five of them when it becomes available can be super challenging because it's not an item that you typically pick up. It's easier to pick it up and sell it if you do have it, or you pick it up and you know you just don't think much of it because there's nothing that really needs it. It's not till the end of the hideout, and I don't even think you can use it till after level 30 for the unlocks. So most people aren't hanging on to five of these. But once I went and did the research, I went and realized I needed five. And so when I started seeing them in raid or finding them, I just hung on to them. So now I'm at the point where I have four. That way, if I have to buy one soon, that's fine. Because the last time I checked, they were around 100k. Again, it's just something that I wouldn't have normally hung on to or I would have sold early on. And a few days into the wipe, I remember finding one and they were worth like 15k or 20k max because nobody was that far into the wipe. So those three slots in your stash weren't really worth it at that point. But now more people are starting to get there. Finding five is challenging when you need to find that item. So again, that's just one example of how planning all of this out has really, really helped or it's going to help very soon. Yep. One of the things that I struggled to find early on was those rye croutons for Jaeger. It took me the longest time to find the one last found in raid, mind you, rye crouton for Jaeger. And it's interesting, too, because right now I'm on the task that has the two Yushankas and two cowboy hats for Ragman. And I have sold so many Yushankas and so many cowboy hats because I forgot about this task. And so I need one more of each. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. If I would have planned that task out better, I would have had those. But, you know, get them eventually. But keep that in mind. Planning your tasks out, looking on the wiki will save you a lot of headache later. And it's funny, too, because the other thing that's happened to me is that a lot of the tasks got a little bit easier. You know, they cut the requirements down on some of them. And I think the Yushankas and Cowboy Hats is one, because I think you used to need four of each, and now it's two. And I could be wrong on that. That's just my memory uh, right now, thinking that. But because of that, because they sort of trained me early on, like, oh, you don't need as many of these items. And my mind started saying, oh, maybe some of the later tasks will be easier and easier. And some of them have. And then I got to that same one. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could have picked up how many dozens of cowboy hats how many dozens of Ushankas, and I just forgot, you know, but I'm also laughing about the Rai Crouton, because I feel like that's the rarest item in Tarkov right now, because if you try to buy one on the flea market to do the craft, because you can use the Rai Croutons in a craft to make something you need found in Raid, I don't remember what it is, is it Tashankas or something? I don't remember. It's useful in a craft. They basically aren't listed. Every time I went looking for Rai Croutons, there were none on the flea market. And then I would refresh, refresh, refresh. And you'd see people posting them for like 200k, which was just silly because the fee made that lose money. So the price to sell those rye croutons for is somewhere around 22,000 if you want to make 11k on them. But yeah, you have to refresh because 
people aren't finding them in raid very often. I think a lot of that has to do with where they come from. They come out of those food storage containers or sometimes they can be found in file cabinets, but I don't think a lot of people have the reserve keys for those food storage containers. And then there's some new food storage containers. I was trying to say con, con storage? Storage? That's so weird. Um, but people, when they find those red croutons, I think there's like almost a meme at this point. So I think people are selling them or hanging on to them or still crafting their 15 Yushankas because you need a bunch of those. So that one didn't get eased up like some of the other tasks did. You have to make a bunch of those little cans of meat. So if you find those in raid, hang on to them. That's a pretty good tip because it did not get eased. You still need 15 small cans of Tushanka. Mm -hmm. And of course, the best tip that I can give anybody is hang on to those stupid flash drives that you find in raid. That is a gate for Pacekeeper, and you're definitely going to wish that you had two find in raid flash drives. It's a simple thing, but man, when you need them, they're hard to find. So something else to keep in mind if you're still kind of getting to uh, that place. Indeed. And there's also a follow-up task with Jaeger that requires two or three find and raid flash drives later as well. So definitely one to hang on to when you find them. Last wipe, they upped the chance for those to be found. They still seem pretty rare. I got pretty lucky finding them on scavs or on PCs early on, but that's a that's a challenging one. Just remember, they're not in PCs, they're on the front of them. So if you're brand new to the game, be looking on the front of the computer for the little white stick sticking out of the USB slot. They are not in the computer. You can only find them attached to it. So pro tip. Absolutely. It's really easy to miss too. So that's actually a really good pro tip. Yeah. So back to, back to kind of planning, I want to go back to a raid that you and I did actually because of our planning and trying to figure out where we had mutually beneficial tasks. And and we did a shoreline raid the other day. And the funny part is we went in because we had mutually beneficial tasks. We both had stuff we needed to do, but it ended up turning into one of the craziest like first three minutes of a raid I've had on shoreline specifically. And I'm sure you know the the raid I'm talking about. But it was absolutely wild, right? So we spawn in and we're at Tunnel, which I've been spawning at Tunnel a lot. So I know this area well now, especially after dying there a few times. You really learn uh, where people come from when you die early. But we spawn in at Tunnel. Or were we on the other side of Villa? We were over in that area. Do you recall? So I think for this raid, we did spawn at Tunnel. And then we immediately went left into the villa area that's close to Sventley Dead End there and started looting through that. Now you had a Mosin because you were doing some long range kills and I had a AKM that was suppressed because I was doing the 15 kills and the seven half masks for proper task. And the interesting thing about this is we got initially we got split up kind of on purpose. I ran into the town and kind of started looting and you were kind of hanging out kind of looking for PMCs and I was in one of the houses in villa there and you're like oh i see somebody yeah i i actually had the tank to mark so you were looting i was marking the tank i spot somebody and then you're like oh yeah i hear him yeah we were i was like okay but wait where are you and then he's like i'm over by this blue dumpster and i'm kind of over by the tank up on the hill and i'm like okay i see the blue dumpster but i saw a guy running from left to right and you're like no i hear him He's to my right. They're in between us, which was actually the same way I was thinking. 
but there was a big split between them. You kept hearing them. You're like, no, there's a guy here. I know he's here. And so then I start thinking, there's no way you heard the guy that I saw. And now I'm worried about shooting you because I'm not sure you know where you are. (laughs) And you were so confident in hearing what you heard that I was like, oh boy, I better like back off a little bit. So like you were in that house, you heard him. And then what happened next? Like, I think you saw the guy, right? So you took out the first guy over by the tank. You had fought and they that guy died in a bush kind of just outside across from the tank on the road there. I saw a completely different guy. We didn't know at this point that we were dealing with two different people. And I saw a completely different guy come down the road in Villa and I shot at him twice and I hit him twice. And then I sprint off after him because I thought that was the guy that you had scoped. And I chase him into one of the buildings and I hurt him bad, but he hurt me bad as well. And you come running up behind me, you got the last shot on him and he dies, he dies in the building. And this is where literally the Abbott and Costello raid of Shoreline starts. We literally had the most ridiculous thing happen. So now I don't even know if you know my perspective on what happened to get that guy down because you chased him. I hear the fighting. I'm running to find you and I'm listening. And the way I find is I hear both of you guys like coughing and hacking up a lung. Keep in mind, I have a Mosin Mm -hmm. and you said it was because I wanted to long range snipe people. The truth was I had been getting absolutely wiped the last three raids. And I lost a bunch of good gear. So I was like, I'm taking a Mosin and I don't care. And then, of course, I have to charge in because you're like, I'm hurt. He's hurt. And I come running in with my Mosin and he's in this house and he's trying to shoot Ronald. And I'm like, I, okay. So I start hip firing, you know, point firing with the Mosin into this house and trying to get him. And of course, I have the scope on it. So it's not the unscoped version, which I find very effective in close range when it doesn't have a scope. I have the scope on it. So I'm just kind of blasting away at this guy. He ends up tagging me up to the point where he gave me two heavy bleeds, blacked out four limbs, and he charges me. And with my last bolt, my last bullet, he charged out of the house, out the fence to where I was. And I'm already one heavy bleed at that point. Hits me again, causes the second heavy bleed, but I catch him in the thorax and take him down. At this point, Ronald's over in the corner healing. And he's like, I am hurt bad. I was like, dude, no, I'm hurt bad. I have 53 hit points and two heavy bleeds and I forgot healing supplies. He's like, you can have my, you can have my, I brought a um, grizzly. I had a grizzly. A grizzly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, you have to drop it now. I'm dying. I have nothing. Yep. And so he throws it. I had 27 hit points when I picked the grizzly up and hit the heel. And I had to stand there and fix both heavy bleeds, watching my health just tick, tick, tick. Ended up fixing it. Ended up being able to serve kit, get fully healed all the way back up sitting there. We go loot the bodies. We made all kinds of noise. And then we're chucking this uh, grizzly back and forth. And then it was like, Okay, let's loot these guys and and now we can play the game. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy cuz I also I had four limbs to heal, right? So I mean, he had blacked out both my legs and my arms and I, you know, I had to I had to heal. And so I, I'm healing, right? And you're we're, we're basically tossing this grizzly back and forth standing next to each other and we just stopped our bleeds and then you took it and then I served while you were healing and then you gave it back to me and you served while I healed off of it. And it's a good thing it has 1,800 points. 
Because we right, and we used a lot. Yeah, yeah, we we drew that thing all the way down, and then it's like, okay, let's go see what we killed. And it turns out that we actually killed three people. We ran into a three man yep. team, and that was the interesting piece. You know, like, oh, okay, these guys are all like level, oh, they're like level five or level six or something. And then we realized kind of what happened is the reason that we were <laughs> figuring this out is because we were actually tracking three different people, and initially we thought it was one person. <laughs> So, yeah, that was crazy. It was. And like we went in to kill scavs for you mm-hmm. with the AKM and we ended up in this PMC fight and I was marking the tank. I hit my two of my Mosin shots and didn't realize I hit the second one on a guy in a bush. And after the third fight, we went and found him and we're like, oh, my gosh, there was three. So this whole situation left us like 10 plus minutes deep into shoreline and we moved maybe like 30 meters you know we were right by where we spawned but we were like okay we have the rest of the game now like we can go and now let's go kill scavs let's get your akm kills and i've got some other marking that maybe we can do maybe we won't so we start moving up the hill the spine rock over gas station and we're looking at scav island right out onto the beach onto that little, you know, little finger, not pier, but the one close to tunnel there, seeing if there's scavs out there. And I think we spot one, but we were like, at this point, we probably shouldn't shoot it or we don't see him. So we kept moving and we get up on top of the rock or on top of the spine. We see a two man team wrapping lower on the hill. Ronald spots him and he's like, oh, I see a guy. And I'm like, I see him. There's actually a second one behind him. Don't shoot. Don't make noise. Let's let them get by us and we'll shoot them as they come down the hill on the other side when they're in the open. So we wait. We do exactly what we're saying. We don't really make any noise. They start running down the other side of the big hill that we're on. And we're looking down right on top of them. It's a goalie. They're kind of like fish in a barrel, but there are trees on the other side. And I'm like, okay, let's shoot. So Ronald starts shooting. I shoot two. Mosin shots and connect with both. And I think what happened is the guy took the second shot and proned because I thought I'd not, I thought I downed him. And then Ronald put two shots into him and he thought he downed the other guy. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of gear. You've got the AKM. Let me go make sure they're dead. I think they're right in here. Thinking that maybe we didn't kill him, I throw a flash grenade in there. And as I throw the flash grenade, and keep in mind, I still just have my Mosin and then I had like an MP5 and a pistol, but I wasn't thinking about that at the time from those other guys that we killed. I see where the one guy I thought was dead was right in front of me, and he's not moving. But then I hear a shuffle beyond right where I threw my flashbang, and right as I'm aiming at the second guy who's further back, neither of them died. Yeah, it's crazy. The first guy stands up and starts charging me and just destroys me. I had one shot. I missed. And he just takes me out. So both of them lived. And I was freaking out. I was like, what? I thought they were dead. I know I killed that guy. And then I muted myself (laughs) because Ronald still has to deal with him. Yep. So you go down and I see the guy who popped up and I shoot eight, nine shots at him. And then the other guy starts running away. He starts running towards the X-Fell. So I'm pretty sure that we killed that guy. The guy that... Jumps up and charge you. I think I got him. And the other guy starts running away, but then kind of hides back there. And so I'm kind of faced with a strategy moment here. I know that you don't have any good gear, so there's really nothing to avenge or hide. And my point of going in the raid was to get scav kills. So 
you know, I, I, I'm crouched kind of using rock, the rock, spine rock as cover. And we kind of have this conversation that kind of goes like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll go charge to avenge you if this is what you, you know, if you really want me to. And you're like, no, dude, you need to get scav kills. Just go get some scav kills. And you were kind of quiet. And then I noticed on your Discord stream, you scabbed an interchange. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give Trigger a moment. And so I, got, I went the other direction and started progressing through the map. You know, So I'm still alive and still doing doing good. And gave Trigger a good 30 seconds to admit it. And then, you know, and then he's like, oh, man, you know. And so we, we kind of got through it. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, do I just kind of get out of here? I got to make it all the road of customs. But I thought, you know, whatever. We we came to get scav kills. We're going to do that. So I go through power and I pick up one scav kill there. And I'm not, I don't even really care about looting at this point. It's just a matter of just numbers. And then I head up to weather station and up at weather station, all the scavs are there. There's four scavs up there. So I get into this cheeky battle with these four scavs and they all see me before I was prepared to have them see me. So I'm kind of playing hide and go sneak around the container that's on the far side of weather in the corner of the fence. And one of the scavs, thankfully, randomly runs into the building. So I got three scavs to deal with then. And so I take out two of them pretty easily. And the third one is running around the truck using the truck as cover and he's got a Mosin. It's terrible because he, he <laughs> he's shooting at me. <laughs> and so uh, we go through the, the motions back and forth. I end up getting an angle on him from a different side of the container and take him out. And so I'm sitting there for like two minutes and I'm healing up. And I was just staring at the window and I noticed that the scav was still upstairs in the weather station. I'm like, you know what? I want this scav kill. You know, I, I want this. So I'm just, I can see him running back and forth, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so uh, we just did it. We ran over there. We ran into the weather station. We charged upstairs and got him and then uh, got out and made our way to Road to Customs and were able to successfully exfil with, in that raid, it was two PMC kills and um, six scav kills. So I ended up getting out. Uh, it was a real bummer that Trigger died, but it was just a crazy situation all the way around. And also, an interesting example of following through with the idea of we started this because I needed scav kills. It really was terrible that Trigger died, but I don't want to go off the rails because I'm here and I brought in the good gear and the good gun. And so it's time to follow through with that. So ended up getting through. But, you know, what another crazy shoreline raid, huh? Yeah. The funny part is not only did I die there, which I, I didn't feel bad at all, and you were set up for not easy, but relatively easier scav killing because of how late it was in the raid and resort was probably clear and the amount of PMCs, you know, killing scavs and stuff was going to be low. So it made sense for you to do that since that was on the complete beginning of the map, basically. And so I go into interchange, like you said, I run into another player scav, they kill me. And so he's at the, like, the power station at this point and I'm just like, or right near it. And I'm like, okay, I've got the scout task on factory and the chemical task on factory so i needed to go into the breach room and get the chemical and i needed to check all of the exits on factory so i'm like oh that's easy i run factory all the time this is going to be great i'll just run a factory raid and then when he gets out i'll just exfil and it'll be fine no problem no issue right never never a problem so i'm in factory i load in and i'm just like i'm just gonna get these tasks done i'll farm scavs and I spawn in glass hallway, 
And this is all right. It, he's he's still in shoreline. He's killing stuff. I'm kind of paying attention, kind of not. I get into glass hallway. I hear somebody uh, running through the tunnels when I get out of glass. So I leave glass towards the office, not towards forklift. I hear someone running through the tunnels. I hear someone fighting in forklift and then the spawn near forklift. And then as I wait another second, I hear another guy, the fourth guy, running through the main level. So everybody's converging on forklift. One guy wins in forklift. The guy from tunnel comes up. I shoot at him. I tag him up. And I'm using a vector, which I haven't used a whole lot. The guy that was in forklift and won his fight comes charging down glass hallway at the same time as a guy comes through the door into the middle. And I'm pinched between three PMCs. I'm throwing grenades. And I killed one, and then I got killed by another one, and I was fully kitted again. I mean, I went full gear, vector, like suppressed vector, good ammo, and I just got killed again. So I got killed on shoreline, got killed on my interchange scab, geared up, went into factory, got killed again. And I was just like, oh my gosh, dude, I'm just getting clapped tonight. I just focused on what was good. You know, we set out to, we're trying to push through some of the tasks that were harder to try to get Ronald closer to level 20, right? That's the next big unlocks as far as hideout goes and some of the trader unlocks. And I had tasks too, but that was our primary goal was getting some of those tasks done to catch him up on one task line so that we could work on the same stuff. And I just, I was getting owned, man. So at the end of the night, like I was, I felt, I don't want to say I felt defeated, but I, I, mean, I was struggling. The shoreline raid was great. We killed a bunch of PMCs, had good fights. You got out, got a bunch done. And that's what I focused on. You know, you had great raids. I helped with that. I progressed some stuff like marking the tank and I got a couple hideout things in my secure container. And it just, it was a rough night for me. I didn't get much experience. I didn't progress much. But the thing I felt good about was that you got some harder tasks progressed because of, you know, my death, my dying. <laughs> yeah, which was, you know, it's always a bummer, but uh, sometimes it goes that way. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've died and, you know, it's kind of the shoes put on the other foot. It's really interesting, though, how that kind of developed. And because of the way that, you know, I'm playing, I'm really playing differently. I mean, you're playing more similar, but I'm really playing differently. And really playing much, much more aggressively and not playing nearly as scared. Like, I don't care if I die and I've died a lot. I think the times that have frustrated me the most have not just been dying to, you know, good play, you know, because that because that, that happens, right? You get outplayed and then you learn something from it, hopefully, especially if you record your gameplay. And if you have the ability to do that, I highly suggest everyone does that because you can go back and really slow it down frame by frame and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there he was. <laughs> and I've done that plenty of times. And that's really helped me kind of get through this. I think in general, not getting super frustrated about 85% of the deaths has really helped me and just kind of letting it go. And of course, I'm like everybody else. There's that 10, 15% of the time where I just get salty. I'm like, ah, I'm done with this for a while. And the Tarkov emotional meter goes from, you know, let's go to uninstall and then just give it a few minutes yeah. and we're back to let's go. So it's kind of the way it goes with all of this. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing is I had great raids one night, horrible raids the next day, and then today I went back and I had the craziest loot pull out of Shoreline to finish my stream today. You know, I was just killing scavs with the AKM, had a suppressed one, ended up fighting up at weather, 
killed a couple scabs. One of them blacked my arm out. So I'm sitting in a bush, serve kitting it and listening. And as that's finishing, I hear a guy running up or he fractured it. It was a fracture. It wasn't a serve kit. So I'm applying a, a, a splint and I hear a guy running up from the resort. He stops and then proceeds to run to the left on the hill face, the cliff face. And so I hear him and I start hearing him run away. So I sprint up to the edge and I start popping shots off. And I think I got him. I rotate a little bit more left on the cliff, look down, found that I had killed him. My eyes didn't deceive me. He was wearing a paratus, that big white bag. And so I go loot him and the way that it happened and the way he was running and the fact there was no other footsteps, I was pretty confident there was no other partner with him because of where he was. I go loot him and this guy, I think, wiped out all of the resort or he scooped everything out of it. But he had a Meta HK, right? Suppressed Meta HK with M855A1 ammo and 360 round mags. He had a suppressed SVDS with 7N1. He had a kitted RPK with BT and BS ammo. And then he had a fourth gun in his inventory that had a Wave QD suppressor on it. And I pulled that off and pulled the other parts that were worth pulling off. And then the few barter items that he had. And I so, so I, I pulled all of that out. And then I proceeded to do my two jammer plants on both the weather station, which is why I was up there killing scavs, and then on the radio tower, and then left. So like, as rough of a day as I had yesterday, today I had one of the craziest loot experiences on Shoreline, which is, again, not really my map, so I was playing it slow. I was just kind of roaming around with suppressed AKM, and ended up killing the guy who dominated in resort, and ended up pulling all that loot out. The roller coaster is real, it happens to everybody. I was reading general chat today and we, we had somebody who uh, I think was on that roller coaster. You know, they did well last wipe, started this wipe, struggling and got a bunch of advice. And they just uh, they were like, I'm uninstalling, you know, and, and the truth is, I think if the roller coaster is too challenging to like emotionally take on, I think that's OK. Right. You know, I, I kind of love the roller coaster. But last night when when I died three times in a row while you were still in one raid. I was struggling, man. I had to find the good thing to latch onto because I was like, I don't want to play anymore tonight, but I want to help. You know, <laughs> so it was these like these two conflicting emotions. And but yeah, so I, I mean, I would say to anyone, stick with it. But if it's just if it's really a grind, take a break, man. Like I at that point, I just watched Ronald finish his raid. I was frustrated. I had died three times and I cheered him on to get out. To me, I needed that little win, even if it was through him. And it was it was great because I woke up the next day feeling good, like, OK, cool. He got he got a couple of good tasks progressed and done. And I can I can focus on that and not all the loot that I lost. So, yeah, it definitely is more of a roller coaster. I think this time around, for all the reasons we talked about how the mixing of the player base has been. And because of that, I think you got to remember that it will even out a little bit here over the next couple of weeks as people go back to work as people's life schedules get back to normal you know not everyone's going to be off constantly and it'll it'll go back to being what tarkov kind of was i think towards the middle of last wipe and so it's going to be interesting not sure if we'll ever have a white beginning like this one to be honest with you again and it's been you know good and bad and i think that we've all had moments where we wanted to uninstall and then two days later we're like okay logging in let's go 
And that's just kind of the way this goes. So, well, with all that being said, I think the green bar is starting to flash, which means that we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, once again, as we start the new year off, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're brand new to the show, be sure you check out Discord and join the XP Media community. There's lots of games in there, including, of course, Escape from Tarkov, but also PUBG, World of Warcraft, Among Us, a couple other games that the CUNY members play, and just overall just hanging out with other gamers doing our thing. If you're an audio-only listener to the show, be sure to check us out on all of the audio platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Pandora, Google, all the major ones, iHeartRadio. And then encourage you to check out youtube.com slash xpmedianow, where you can see MTB Trigger and I do the show in a talk show format. And if you're a YouTube subscriber, thank you for doing that. Please leave a comment, smash the like button, let the algorithm know that you're enjoying the show. And of course, we want to hear from you and hear what your thoughts are on all the craziness going on in Tarkov. But that's about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, however you consume the show. We hope you have a great week with all of your raids. We hope that whatever you're trying to do goes well. And we'll catch up with you in Discord and see you in the next one. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you.